Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today as we continue our family Bible studies in the Gospel of Luke. And we are in the latter portion of Luke chapter 16. And today we're going to be talking about the foundation of your family's faith. This is a serious broadcast. Why? I imagine right now there are literally thousands of Catholic parents and grandparents really concerned with the number of Catholic youth falling away from the faith, even though many of these have been in Catholic schools or homeschooled in Catholic colleges. There are vast numbers falling away, and parents and grandparents are concerned, and well, they should be. And today's topic is going to address part of that problem. There are multiple causes, but today we're going to look at basically an undisclosed cause of the attack on the foundations of faith of young people and adults. But let me start with the master of kind of hidden attack. You've heard of Sun Tzu, the oriental uh, military strategist who supposedly authored the book, The Art of War. And Sun Tzu's Art of War was used by the Chinese communists, the Viet Cong, the Japanese. It's been studied by U.S. military. But here's the bottom line. Sun Tzu says to fight and conquer in all your battles is not supreme excellence. Supreme excellence consists in breaking the enemy's resistance without fighting. In other words, Sun Tzu would strategize and, and in certain sense, attack an enemy before an official battle began so that he would be powerless. And that's what you do when you have a devious enemy who's going to try to destroy the very foundations of something. And we're talking about the house of faith. What would be the best attack? Well, it would be an assault, a stealth assault on a key part of the building. What's the key part of the building? Well, let's say you have a three-story house and you attack the attic on top of the third story. Well, the house will still stand, but what happens if you go to the foundation? The entire structure would collapse. And I am going to take you right now to a key verse in St. Luke's Gospel that's describing the stealth attack on the Catholic faith that's going on as I speak. And this is a warning from the lips of Jesus. In Luke 16, we here we have the account of the rich man and Lazarus, and the rich man ends up in a very bad place for all eternity. And he's asking Jesus to send somebody back to his family with a critical message. And here's the critical message, Luke 16 and verse 27. He said, then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, to my family, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone 
should rise from the dead. Mom and dad, if you are concerned with a stealth attack on the foundations of faith, here it is. This is an account spoken by Jesus. And he says, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets and what warnings they give, even if someone should rise from the dead, which of course is Jesus himself, they're not going to believe. In other words, you take out Moses and you take out belief in Jesus. And in other words, you don't even have to attack Jesus. Just do a stealth attack on the foundations of divine revelation, opening chapters and books of the Bible. And you think this is just a verse pulled out of the Bible, kind of out of context? It's repeated again by Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 46 and 47. Again, this is Jesus speaking. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? You see, faith, attacking faith, is the essence of a spiritual attack. St. Paul tells us to have a shield of faith. But what if we've just thrown our shields away and say, attack me, and bring it into our midst? Now, what was the entrance of sin into the world? How did it come? See, Satan's strategies, many of them, have not changed since the very beginning. Why? Because they work so well. What did he do? He placed doubt on God's word. Putting doubt on God's word leads to a doubt of faith that even if someone should rise from the dead, they will not believe. This is how it's done. Now, let's imagine a non-Sun Tzu attack, in other words, non-stealth, and Satan somehow in person appeared to you and your children and was placing doubt on God's word. Well, that wouldn't work because you would see the deception. You'd just run away. But what if priests, Catholic teachers, catechists, and seminary professors inadvertently did the same thing? There would be a very strong temptation to say, oh, well, this has got to be genuine and swallow the poison. Now, the Bible is crystal clear that Moses is the author of the Pentateuch. That's the first five books of the Bible. And even right within those first five books, it says that God spoke to Moses these words, and Moses wrote them down. Now, there are priests, Catholic, not all, Catholic teachers, catechists, and seminary professors saying, that's not true. God didn't speak these things to Moses. This is the ultimate stealth attack. Because remember, Jesus, his resurrection from the dead is the core Christian belief. But Jesus recognized that even if somebody would come back from the dead, and he says, send somebody back to my family to warn them about eternal loss. And he says, no, 
No, it starts with Moses and the prophets because that's the foundation. That's where the stealth attack will take place. Now, modern-day seminary professors, most of them say that Moses was not the author of Genesis, or at least as we have Genesis in our Bibles today. And yet Jesus Christ repeatedly refers to Moses as the author of Genesis. Pardon me for getting worked up on this, but this is horrible stuff because a loss of faith in the modern world is going on by the tens of thousands and even millions, particularly youth and young adults. And this stealth attack isn't even realized. Like, what hit us? So here's the Sun Tzu faith-destroying spear and how it denies mosaic authorship. Because if Moses didn't write this, because the text itself says, God spoke to Moses these words, and then if that's true, and it is, then those words are authoritative. That means it's to guide our life. But what if there's some way to deny mosaic authorship that's wormed our way, wormed its way even into Catholic Bibles? Now, here is the toxic introduction to Genesis in the New American Bible, a Catholic Bible. And this is straight out of it. Quote, the book is a complex work, not to be attributed to a single author. Do you know what that's saying? It's not to be attributed to Moses, even though Jesus said it was. Don't don't attribute it to Moses. Even though the text itself, it says it was from Moses. It's not to be attributed to a single author. Several sources or literary traditions that the final redactor, that means that later, centuries later, somebody, you know, sat down with their pre-computer word processor and punched out the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And they, they, there were, they say this is a composition that's discernible. They are the Yahwehist. This is one of the editors, okay, J, the Elohist, E, the Priestly, P. That's the J-E, that's actually D-P for Deuteronomy, sources of the composition of the Pentateuch. This is from the Catholic Study Bible, again, the New American translation, containing an imprimatur, and it says this, Genesis 1 to 11 is a combination of myths and genealogical tables. Folks, this is faith-destroying poison. Now, what Catholics don't know, and as a former Protestant and Protestant pastor and one trained to discern this stuff, specifically uh, one of the reasons my seminary, my evangelical seminary was established was to train evangelical ministers to counter a particular poison that once it was ingested by mainline Protestant denominations caused spiritual rot widespread. And this is exactly where this theory comes from that is appearing even in Catholic Bibles with imprimaturs. It comes from a man, German scholar, Protestant scholar by the name of Julius Wilhausen. He lived between 1844 and 1918. 
And he's the father of what is called today the documentary hypothesis. In other words, Moses didn't write Genesis. There was a series of documents that a redactor or an editor put together. And what Dr. Wellhausen did, there were some others uh, playing with this in Germany for about a century before him. But after Darwin's uh, origin of the species, he basically took the theory of evolution and applied it to the Bible, particularly the first five books of the Bible. His hypothesis claimed that the Pentateuch or the Torah was not written by Moses. It was written by various authors edited over a period of five centuries after the death of Moses. So it's nice, pious religious literature, but it's not the word of God. Okay, you can have a good religious book, a popular author from Ignatius Press or something like The uh, Imitation of Christ, uh, great books. But if you don't follow something in one of those books, you're not going to go to hell for all eternity. It's not going to necessarily destroy all your faith. Well, what happened with the documentary hypothesis? Dr. Wellhausen was teaching German Lutheran seminary students. And when he introduced his theory to his students, listen, mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, listen to this. Every single one of his seminary students lost their faith. Every one. And then this got exported in the, particularly the early 20th century to the United States. Um, I'm particularly aware of how it was traced in Presbyterian circles through uh, Princeton Seminary, and as a result, it had a tremendous faith-destroying effect. The Catholic popes at that time were resisting this stuff, but now it's welcomed in our midst. But listen to what Dr. Wellhausen wrote about himself and his theory. On April 5th, 1882, Dr. Wellhausen submitted his letter of resignation. No longer did he see himself fit to teach scripture and theology. He said, quote, I became a theologian because of the scientific treatment of the Bible. Only gradually did I come to understand that a professor of theology also has the practical task of preparing students for the service in the Protestant church. And I am not adequate to this practical task. But instead, despite all caution on my part, I make my hearers unfit for their office. Since then, my theological professorship has been weighing heavily on my conscience. And you know, there's one thing about Dr. Wellhausen I admire. He was honest. He admitted he had made a fatal mistake in in the way he was teaching scripture to these Lutheran seminary students. He destroyed their faith. Now, this, this theory, which Dr. Wellhausen resigned over, is now in Catholic Bibles with imprimaturs. It is now in Catholic colleges, including the colleges where you have the Newman Guide to Catholic Colleges. It's in Catholic seminaries. It's everywhere, almost everywhere. Now, I gave a, an extensive uh what shall I say, talk on this JEDP or the documentary hypothesis or basically who wrote the first five books of the Bible. 
And there is a priest that's been a, a longtime supporter of Family Life Center, appreciated our materials, but he wrote me, he said, Steve, you know, you usually put out good stuff and very reliable, but what is this? He said, I've never heard anything like this before. So he contacted his seminary professor, and his seminary professor wrote back, I've never heard anything about this. And basically, uh, that was that. I think he thought I'd fallen over the edge. Well, it, it so happens that in our day, in Catholic circles, you can't speak critically of this toxic poison that came from Dr. Wellhausen. I'm talking about in Catholic circles. Um, I recently had lunch with a student at the Catholic University of America doing his PhD in theology, and I brought this up at lunch. Oh, I can't mention that. I wouldn't get my PhD. You see, if you talk, you don't get a degree. Uh, I invited uh, another young man to be my radio guest. He was just about to get his PhD in scripture studies. And he said, Steve, I'd really like to go on the air with you, but I can't. They would deny me my PhD. You see, in Catholic circles, Catholic scripture scholarly circles, you can't talk about it. And even the professors haven't heard the other side of it. Now, I can tell you the easiest way to kind of catch this. If a priest is giving a homily, and particularly you'll notice the younger priests because they have been brainwashed the most with this, um, they will say something referring to Genesis or one of the other first five books of the Bible. And he'll say, well, the sacred author wrote. And they'll say the sacred author instead of saying Moses. Moses, like Jesus did when he referred to Genesis, they'll say the sacred author. It sounds nice, warm, fuzzy, and pious, but it's rot because it's not just a sacred author. And this is a, a, a key, by the way, when you look in the comment section of a commentary or a study Bible, and they keep saying sacred author, that means they have bitten into Dr. Wellhausen's theory that destroyed the faith of every single one of his seminary students. Now, um, I visited uh, one of the colleges with my son uh, in the Newman study guide of recommended Catholic colleges, and they say in the Newman guide, be careful about what you choose. So I was careful. We didn't go on the Welcome to uh, Prospective Students Day. I don't recommend that. Just show up. And we were told there was a brand new teacher teaching scripture, so off we went. And in the class, he, we were taught that there's J-E-D-P, Wellhausen's theory, and um, the professor was honest enough to say this is somewhat controversial, but this is what is taught today. Are there any questions or objections? None. Little did these Catholic parents know that they're paying 30 grand a year to have the faith of their children destroyed at its foundation level. Now, that college, I'm sure, would affirm the resurrection of Jesus. But Jesus himself said, even if someone would go from the dead and warn these people, if they don't hear Moses and the prophets, they're not going to have the faith in me. There wasn't a single objection in this fairly large class. It was digested. How about um, your children? Oh, now, let me go back a second uh, for the priests, 
because we're in what some are calling the worst spiritual crisis in the Catholic Church since the Protestant Reformation and broke the church in two and now in many splinters in in the Western world. And I'm referring to the clerical sexual crisis. Now, hear this. If Genesis is just pious myths and human religious literature, nice stuff, pious stuff, but if it's just human and it's pious myths, then it's not to be taken too seriously, is it? And I submit to you, this is a fundamental root of the clerical crisis. Sodom and Gomorrah is rather clear in Genesis, and if it's the word of God without doubt, then you have a break on blowing off the commandments of God. So, that takes care of the training of priests and seminaries, Catholic colleges. What about our children? This is from Pope Leo XIII, one of my really heroes, great heroes, great man of the church, Pope Leo XIII, in his encyclical on the study of Holy Scripture. And listen, mom and dad, the young, if they lose their reverence for the Holy Scriptures, on one or more points, they are easily led to give up believing in it altogether. I'm gonna read that again, because you need to make sure what is being taught to your children. In today's world, and pardon me, I mean, I've got a master's degree in theology, but one of the most dangerous persons walking the face of the earth is somebody with a master's degree in theology that has been brainwashed with Dr. Wellhausen's theory, thinking that this is the way that Catholics approach Scripture. It's not. Well, it is today, but it's not historically. But again, this is Pope Leo XIII, the young. If they lose their reverence for the Holy Scriptures on one or more points, are easily led to give up believing in it altogether. Do you remember what Jesus said in John 5? If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But, John 5, 47, mom and dad, you need to find your way to your Bibles and kind of put a, a red asterisk by this verse. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? This is how it's being done. And it's so sad because the scriptures are given to us to be the foundation of our faith. And you just take out Genesis and maybe along with Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, get rid of Moses. And basically, you've gotten rid of the Ten Commandments. You got rid of the teachings on, on sexual morality. And basically, you're living in a world where anything goes. But if you have a creator who has given us a path ahead, then he's to be obeyed. Now, I'm going to recommend something very strongly, and I spent a fair amount of time trying to digest a very complicated subject into something that I would dare say a high schooler or young off the college, particularly Catholic college, if they're going to be exposed to any scripture teaching, they need to get this. I put together a CD and 14-page study guide entitled, Did Moses Write the Pentateuch? And you can go to dads.org, our website, and to the store, 
and you will find this resource, Did Moses Write the Pentateuch with this 14-page study guide, which quite honestly is invaluable because otherwise, like the priest didn't order this because he thought it was so outrageous. He contacted a seminary professor and he never heard any objection against this. At least hear the other side. And I dare say you go through these 14 pages and I answer, you know, the 10 reasons why uh, the documentary hypothesis is true. And I answer it with objections that it is not true. But here's one of just kind of an example. And by the way, if a student is challenged, a lot of times the best way to kind of challenge a professor is with a question. And I give this question. Professor, how many pieces of ancient literature do the documentary hypothesis scholars have that prove that there are several sources for this literary theory? How many, how many sources do they have? Objective evidence. Hint, none. Or you can ask the same question another way. What objective evidence do we have for this theory? Answer, none. There is none. And you think I'm just blowing this off the top? Well, this is an answer from Dr. Umberto Casuto, perhaps the outstanding Hebrew Old Testament scholar in the entire world. He was the chief rabbi of Florence the chair of Hebrew at the University of Rome. He cataloged Hebrew manuscripts for the Vatican. He was appointed the chair of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. This is the guy who is at the very top of his game. And this is what he said about Dr. Wellhausen's theory that's in Catholic Bibles, Catholic seminaries, Catholic homilies, you know, sacred author stuff. Here it is. The documentary hypothesis is only an empty delusion. All the pillars supporting the theory are without substance. The imposing and beautiful edifice has in reality nothing to support it. It is founded on air. I did not prove that the pillars were weak, but I established that they were not pillars at all. They did not exist, that they are purely imaginary. My final conclusion is that the documentary hypothesis is null and void, only figments of the imagination. And in that 14-page study guide in the CD and study guide resource did uh, Moses write the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, you will find uh, a number of resources. Remember the priest, faithful priest, who contacted a seminary professor and just said, never heard of any objections to this? I, I give you about a half page of resources, including this one from Dr. Casuto, who gave talks to high school religion teachers so that they wouldn't fall for Wellhausen's toxic theory. Don't you do it, mom and dad, and make sure you prepare your children for the encounter with it. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 258 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at familylifecenter.net. 